give you praise and we give you glory of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We are welcome into a time in His Word, a time to develop a deeper craving in the Word of God. Amen. We are all welcome, those that are watching Facebook Live and those on the, on the phones. God bless you for being part of what the Lord is doing. We are hungry for the Word of God. We want to understand more of the things of the Spirit. We want to get more understanding even in things that we think we know. Amen. And I believe that when the Master Teacher, the Holy Spirit, is welcome, anything that we think we know will be taken to another level. Amen. And so I believe that God is going to take us to another level pertaining um, our understanding of faith. Amen. And um, we, the Lord has been good to us. We've done this for the last uh, 12 weeks. Today is the 12th week. And I believe that God will continue to bless us. Amen. And so for the last 12 weeks, we've been talking about faith made simple in the context of Hebrews chapter 11. Amen. And I believe that God has been speaking into our lives, opening our eyes onto the deeper spiritual things. And I believe that today too, God is going to bless us wonderfully. Amen. And so with all simplicity, I'm humbled to be used as a tool by God uh, to teach certain aspects of God's word. Amen. Because the things of God are deep. The things of God are wide. The things of God are high. You can only know in part and you can only teach and prophesy in part. Amen. And so we are ready to hear the word of God. I'm ready to receive of the Lord. I'm ready to, uh, to be touched by God. I'm ready to taught certain principles concerning faith. Amen. And so we're going to finish up what we started off last week. And then we talk about today's one. Today's lesson will faith affirms the existence of God. It's going to be exciting. Don't miss it. But before we get into it, we're going to just finish up where we got to last week concerning faith determines your reward. Amen. Faith determines your reward. And our key scripture for last week and the week before that and this week is Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Amen. And so all the lessons that we've learned in the last three weeks are all coming from Hebrews chapter 11 from 6, 11 verse 6. Amen. And so today too, we're going to just finish off faith determines your reward. And then we see what God has for us concerning faith affirms the existence of God. Amen. It's quite an interesting topic because there's a whole lot of confusion about whether God actually exists or not. Amen. And so let's go off and finish up what we started off last week. And um, so our scripture for tonight, uh, for this uh, morning or this afternoon, depending on where you are, is going to be um, Ruth, Ruth chapter 2 verse 12. Ruth chapter 2 verse 12. Amen. I want you to stay with me. Ruth chapter 2 verse 12. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Remember we are finishing off the topic. Faith determines your reward. Amen. So we're going to read our last scripture on that topic. And then we move to our our new one. And our lesson last week was lesson 6b. That's to say from verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11. And so let's appreciate the reading of God's word from Ruth Chapter 2, verse 12. I read from the King James Version. It says, The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Amen. These words were spoken by Boaz. Boaz, at, at the meeting of Ruth, expressed himself in this way. And he was saying this because he had had a kind of relationship that existed between Ruth and Naomi. Naomi had left the country with, uh, with, with three sons and her husband came back empty-handed 
only with um, with Ruth as the daughter-in-law who's also lost the husband. And so the Bible says that when Boaz uh, met Ruth, he said these things unto, unto her and within the first few times of the acquaintance that they had. And the Bible says that this is what it said. It says, the Lord recompense thy rewards. It means that the recompense thy work. That is to say, the Lord should reward, uh, reward your work. Amen. Every work that we do for God is rewarded. And it's our faith that determines the reward that we get from God. And so Boaz told Ruth that may the Lord recompense you or reward you. And then he said, a full reward be given unto thee. Not a partial reward, not an incomplete reward, not just a bit of a reward, but it says a full reward be given unto you by the Lord God of Israel. Now, there are certain things that I want us to uh, just get hold on in terms of this scripture. Now, the Bible says that the Lord recompense. It means that true reward comes from God. Because from our key scripture, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says that the God is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so God is indeed the rewarder, nobody else. And also the second thing that I want us to take note is that it says for reward be given to thee by the God of Israel. Now, this is what it means. It means that when it comes to complete reward, it can only be given by God. It means that incomplete and partial rewards are what we can receive from men or even give to ourselves. But when we're talking about complete reward, we are talking about a reward that can only come from our God. Amen. And it says, under whose wings thou hast come to trust. That's the element of faith there. Amen. And so let's appreciate this. Like I said, these words were spoken by Boaz unto Ruth. And hearing upon hearing what and Ruth, uh, the kind of relationship that existed between Ruth and Naomi, and uh, the fact that uh, Ruth had been very committed and consistent with Naomi, and has been committed to the faith that Naomi had in her God. It says, your God shall be my God, your people shall be my people. And she followed it up by following Naomi uh, to, uh, to his place and to his country. Now let's appreciate this. Ruth had continued to trust in God, the God of Israel. She has stayed faithful and she has maintained her faith in the relationship that she had with Naomi and the relationship that he's had with God through Naomi. Amen. And so she has stayed committed. She has continued to trust in the Lord. That's why Boaz says that you have come to trust under his wings. It means that you have shown faith in him. And because you have shown faith in him, may the Lord recompense thy work and may full reward be given unto you. Amen. And so he was trying to tell Ruth that the basis of your reward, the extent of your reward, the quantity of your reward, the volume of your reward is dependent on your trust in the God of Israel. Amen. And so let's appreciate this. It is the Lord that gives true reward. We said that. And every work of faith will not go unrewarded by God. And so that was what Boaz was telling Ruth. He says that every work that we have done in relation to your relationship with Naomi shall go unrewarded. It shall not go unrewarded, but it shall be rewarded by God. Amen. And so any act of faith, any exhibition of faith, any exercise of faith is fully rewarded by God. And so he says that you have come to trust under the wings of the God of Israel. And because of that, 
Your reward is going to be full. Your reward is going to be determined by your faith in the God of Israel. Amen. And now one thing that I also said is that we can get some degree of reward from people. But the reward that we get from people is incomplete and it's only partial. It is God that is able to give full reward. Amen. Now let's appreciate this. Your faith ensures that your reward is full. Your faith ensures I'm believing God for complete healing. I'm believing God for a miracle. And that total faith in God ensures your reward to be fully completed and answered by God. So many a times it's very possible for us to be in a situation where our rewards are not completed yet. Not because God is not able to do it, but because our faith in Him is not complete and entire. Amen. And so our faith in God and our trust under His wings determines our reward. And that was what Boaz was telling Ruth. Amen. Now let's also appreciate this. God becomes your rewarder through faith and trust in Him. You can only activate God in your life and your ministry and your family as the true rewarder of you. Only when we are ready to trust in Him and to have faith in Him. And so Boaz says that based on your trust in God, Based on your faith in God, you shall receive recompense for your work. You shall receive full reward for your work. Amen. And so God becomes an activator. Uh, God activates reward in your life through your faith and your trust in Him. Amen. Now let's appreciate this. If you just join in, you can share the video, share the link. Get your loved ones to be part of what the Lord is doing. You're just finishing off the lesson on your faith. Uh, determines your reward. Amen. And we're just looking at Ruth, uh, Ruth chapter 2 verse 12. Now let's appreciate this. The object of your faith becomes the source of your reward. What your faith is in becomes the source of your reward. Amen. What I'm saying is this. That when we trust in men, we should not respect or we should not expect, sorry, we should not expect to receive rewards from God. And so if your trust and your faith is in men, then you should expect your reward to come from men. But if our trust is in God, then our reward comes from God. So we should not expect our rewards from God if our trust is dependent and in men. Amen. And so many a times we can believe God for certain things, but at the back of our minds, in our hearts, We are not actually believing God for that thing. But we are believing that there's somebody around us. We are trusting that somebody around us is able to give unto us. And so our faith in God is not completed. Amen. Now I'm going to make a last statement. And then we're going to finish our lesson 6B. Which is our faith determines our reward. Where your faith is. Very simple statement. Where your faith is. Is where your reward is. Where your faith is, is where your reward is. And so if our faith is in God, our reward comes from God. If our faith is in the word of God, then our reward comes out of the word of God. If our faith is in the wealth that we have, in the knowledge and the skill and the wisdom that we think we have, then our reward only comes from those things that we place our faith in. And so where your faith is, is where your reward is. 
Amen. And so your reward is in God when your faith is in God. When our faith is in men, our rewards are meant to come from men. Amen. And so we're going to move on very quickly, going to our main lesson for today. Amen. Hallelujah. We are excited to be part of what the Lord is doing. Uh, today's main lesson is top, it has the topic or is entitled, Faith Affirms the Existence of God. Of God, Or you can say, Faith Confirms the Existence of God. Amen. And be ready to hear the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to go back to our, our key test for the past three lessons, which is Hebrews 11 verse 6. And I'm going to read from the King James Version. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shalom everyone. We are all welcome. Now let's appreciate the word of God. I read Hebrews 11 verse 6. It says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. And so that's the verse we've been handling for the last three weeks. Now, looking at the verse again, we have come to identify or to know that it is our faith that defines the limits of possibilities in our lives. And so how far we can go, how far we can achieve, how far things can be possible in our lives and our ministry is only defined by our faith. And so when our faith in the Lord grows, the boundary and the limits of possibility are redefined in our lives. Amen. And we also establish the fact that because of that, it becomes almost impossible. In fact, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because when we don't show faith in God, God is displeased by a lack of faith. And we also established in the last bit, says that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And that was our lesson for last week, that our faith determines our rewards. Amen. So right in the middle of these two parts of the same verse is that phrase which I'm going to talk about is for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Amen. That's what we are talking about. So in the middle of our faith defining the limits of our possibility and our faith determining our rewards, in the middle of that, we need to have faith that God exists. Because it is the very core and the very foundation of what can be possible in our lives and what we can receive as a reward. Because it says, because he whoever comes to God must believe that he exists. Now let's appreciate this. What it means is that faith causes you to access the presence of God. What it also means is that faith makes you to acknowledge the presence of of God. Amen. And what it also means is that faith is an invite by God into his presence. Amen. And so if we are saying that by faith it's impossible to please him because he that comes to him. And so our coming to God is based on the invitation of faith. And so our faith causes us to access the presence of God. Amen. Now, this is what it also means. It means that the absence of faith is the absence of God. I say it again. 
The absence of faith is the absence of God. Not because God does not exist, but your faith does not allow you to access the presence of God. And so when your faith is missing, the presence of God is lacking. Amen. And so our faith causes us to appreciate the presence of God. Now I'm going to make this a normal sort of um, natural um, illustration. If you want to go and visit someone, one and the most important thing and the primary thing you ought to do is to make sure that at least the person is at home. Because there's no point for you to make that journey if you don't have any knowledge or conviction or faith that that person is at home or at the place that you are going to seek that person. And so what this scripture is saying is that if you want to come to God, you have to make sure that He is there. You have to make sure that He exists. And it's our faith that affirms the existence of God. Amen. And so when we come before the presence of God, either in prayer or meditation or praise and worship, we have to acknowledge that we have come to visit, we have come to the presence of a God that exists. Amen. And so in the presence of your faith, God is present. In the absence of your faith, God is absent. Amen. And so there's no point for you to go before the presence of God if you don't have faith that He is. Amen. So stay with me. And so these things that I'm saying so far are going to form the basis of what we're going to talk about in the course of the lesson. And so stay with me. Now, a bit more on the introduction. The existence of God forms the basis of our relationship with Him. Amen. The existence of God forms the basis of our relationship with Him. Now, let's appreciate it. Going back to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. It says, For he that comes to Him must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder. Amen. And so, our connection to Him as being our rewarder is based on our faith in His existence. Amen. And so, when we lack the faith concerning his existence or his presence what it means that we cut off the relationship that would exist between us as the recipient of his reward and he being the rewarder so the existence of God forms the basis of our relationship with God you will not know how to access the presence of God you will not know how to access the presence of God and you will not know when to access the presence of God without faith. And so it says that he that comes unto me, whoever gains access into my presence, whoever knows how and when to come to my presence is the same that believes that my presence exists and that my existence is real. Amen. And so you will not know how to access the presence of God and when to access the presence of God when you do not know and believe in his existence. Amen. And so we believe that God exists. We believe that the presence of God is in a place. And because we know and we have a faith, we are able to tap into it. Amen. Like I said last week, some of us, many a times, we are not able to tap into the presence of God and receive what God has for us because we don't have the faith to be able to acknowledge the presence of God. Amen. And so it's very important for us to understand 
that our faith and every supposed act, spiritual act, has no meaning at all or significance without faith in the eternal existence of God. It doesn't matter how long you pray for. It doesn't matter how pious you look like when you are praying. And sometimes it doesn't even matter how much scripture you quote. If you do not understand and appreciate and have faith in the existence and the presence of God, every prayer and every supposed spiritual act has no significance at all. And so even if you are giving unto God, even when you are worshiping, even when you are praying unto God or praising God, you need to understand that the true meaning of your action can only be interpreted in your faith in the existence of God. And so our faith affirms the existence of God. And so you go to the presence of God. He that comes unto me must believe that he exists. And so you go to praise, you go to worship, you go to pray, and you know that God's presence is there. And you know that God exists. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's ask ourselves this rhetorical question. You don't need to answer it. But can someone come to God not believing that he exists? Is it possible? Is it possible that we can come to him believing, not believing that he exists? Yes, we can do that. It's like going to visit someone and you have no clue. And in fact, you have, a, you have an idea that it's, it's possible that that person is not at home. It's very possible. We do that many a times. And we translate that spiritually. Going to the presence of God. We don't acknowledge the presence of God. We don't acknowledge the presence of God and the existence of God. And still pretend as if we are praying to Him. That is why the Hebrews 11, 6 says. That for he that comes to Him must... It's important because that's the meaning of the meeting. That's the basis of the relationship. That is the significance of what you are doing. Believing that he exists. Amen. Now let's appreciate this. Like I said it before. In the middle of these three parts um, verse. The verse 6. That it says without faith it's impossible to please God. And the last bit is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In the middle sits. That understanding that God exists. Our faith in God and our faith in the existence of God. And so it is the central part of whatever is the central part of whatever decides whether we are able to walk in the realms of, of, of receiving our unlimited supply from God, breaking the limits of possibility, and receiving our rewards. Right in the middle is our faith in the existence of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So your faith in the existence of God is central to what you can make possible in your life. And the rewards that you can receive in your life and ministry. You need to have right in the middle of it that I believe in the presence of God. I believe in the existence of God. Amen. Now what I'm going to go through now. Is that I'm going to go through some of the principles or the some of the uh, f- uh, physiological uh, uh, philosophies about the existence of God, the call it the psychology or the kind of argument. Let, let me put it that way. Yes, the kind of scientific argument that is made concerning whether God exists or not. Amen. Philosophy. That's the word I was looking for. The philosophical argument of the existence of God. Hallelujah. Now stay with me. Now there are certain arguments around. 
and uh, I'm going to say them. Some of them sort of go straight with scriptures. You appreciate what it means in the light of scripture. Some of us will, uh, some of them will probably blow your mind. Some of that, some of them will come through logically for you to appreciate that God exists. So the first argument is the argument of motion. The argument of motion simply means that nothing moves unless it's being moved. Amen. So nothing moves by itself. So for something to move or to have a series of things moving, it means that something started the movement. Amen. And the the argument of that is that nothing moves by itself and the first mover is God. The one that causes things to start moving is the one that initiated the moving and that is God. And so God is the first mover. So if you are saying that God does not exist, but things are in motion, things are in circulation, things are moving, what it means is that they were set into motion by someone. And that someone is God. That's one of the philosophical arguments. Now the second one is the argument of causes. That is to say that nothing exists proud to itself. It means that you don't exist unless you are made to exist. That's the argument. So it means that the basis of that argument is that God becomes the primary or the effective cause of all things. So it means that God is the causer of all things. And so things exist as we see them because somebody made them to exist. Somebody caused that to happen. Amen. And so God is the efficient cause of of all things. Amen. And so it means that God exists. Or at least somebody called God exists. Amen. That is the second argument. Philosophical argument. The third one is the argument of possibility and necessity. I just want us to appreciate this. So that when we go into scripture, we see where the scripture is coming from. And how we can either agree or disagree with these points. Amen. And so let's stay with me. So the third argument is possibility and necessity. And this is what I mean. It means that some being exists of its own necessity. It means that nobody found the need for that person to exist. But they exist out of their own necessity. And did not receive their existence from another. If you want to make a cake. If you want to cook. You make that cake to exist or that meal to exist because you have a need of it and so you make it come into pass. But what we are saying is that God did not exist because anybody made him to exist. But God exists because he exists and he is God. Amen. And so some being exist out of their own necessity, but God exists not of anybody's necessity. He makes him God. Amen. Now the fourth argument is the argument of grades or degrees of things. Okay. So you would say that that person is more prettier than the other one. Or this is more colder than that, the other one. This is more annoying than the other one. The reason why we have degrees and grading is that there is, an, a, there is a reference point. If there are no reference point. You cannot identify anything, whether it's sinful, whether it's righteous, or whether it's pure. And so in us, we have the ability to tell whether something is acceptable or something is not acceptable. 
And be, that is possible because there is a reference point in the form of God. Amen. So variation in grace requires reference. And the reference should be the reference of perfection. And because God is the reference of perfection, it allows that whole idea that there are variation and there are degrees and grades in things. Amen. So that is the fourth argument. Now we're going to move quickly to our fifth argument. All of this is forming basis on introductory bits to our lesson. The fifth and the final one that I want to talk about is the argument of design. And the argument of design is so beautiful that it's so reflective everywhere. This is the argument of design. The argument of design is that the existence of God is proven in nature. The way things are designed in nature proves that God exists. In all its complexity, because of the complex nature uh, uh, and, and manner of nature or the things around us, confirms that somebody actually designed it. It didn't happen by accident. It didn't happen by just an, an, a coincidence, but it happened because somebody designed it. And that designer is God. Amen. And so the existence of God is proven in the complex nature, even in the planet systems and the points of the planets, even in the designs of our bodies, in the designs of our brains, in the designs of our eyes, even in our DNA code. It shows that there's a pattern that's a design in us. And all these kind of arguments, philosophical arguments, point to the fact that God indeed exists. Amen. And so, if you don't even hear anything about scripture, some of the things that we've talked about so far points to the fact that God exists. Amen. And so, going back to Hebrews chapter 6, 11 verse 6, it says, whoever comes to him, my has faith that he exists. And so, your faith in you affirms and confirms the existence of God. It is needed for us to be able to access the presence of God. And so when we are coming to God, we know that there's nobody like him. You are the perfect designer. You are the one that is, is, is a reference of perfection. You are the one that existed not because anybody made you to exist. You are the cause of all things and you are the first mover. Even understanding that without even making reference to scripture points to the fact that God exists. Amen. Now let's appreciate this. Now we're going to take it to a different level. Or we're going to take it one level up. What ends these arguments? These arguments of the fact that whether God exists or God does not exist. And whether it's real or it's not real. What ends the argument is our faith and the product of our faith. Because I've come to a point that nobody can tell me that there's no power in the name of Jesus. Because I've seen that there's power in the name of Jesus. There's a power in the name of Jesus Christ. And when that name is mentioned, every knee bows. I'm convinced. I've come to a point that I'm convinced by faith that God heals. And so to end any argument of whether God exists or not, I have a personal testimony of my faith to point in the direction that God exists. And so to end the argument of the fact that, oh, God does not exist and the whole belief in the existence of God 
is for the shallow minded to end every argument. You demonstrate your faith. My faith has made me a different person. I believe and confess with my mouth unto salvation. Now I've been translated into the kingdom of God. Into the kingdom of God. The old is gone. The new has come. And so my life itself is a reflection that God exists. Because I believed in him. And he redeemed him. He redeemed me and saved me. And he's made me his own. Amen. And so the argument ends on the point of faith. Or it ends on the basis of your faith and the product of your faith. And so he says that for us to access the presence of God and tap into the reward that he gives, we have to believe and have faith that he exists. Amen. And so faith is the evidence that God exists. Faith is the evidence that God do exist. Amen. And so because God exists, we have this assurance that he is indeed the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Amen. Hallelujah. And so the testimony of your faith affirms and confirms the existence of God. Amen. So, so far what we've done is that we formed a basis based on philosophy, based on what people have come to appreciate. And then we've landed on the point that the argument is only ended on the basis of our faith. The testimony and the product of your faith is the final evidence in your spirit that God exists. Amen. Now we're going to go through some series of scriptures now, so stay with me. We're going to start off with Psalm 19, 1 and 4. Psalm 19, from verse 1 to 4. I read. And I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. That is the verse one. The verse two says this. Day unto day uttereth speech. And night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world in them have he set a technical for the sun amen that's the reading of God's word now let's appreciate the scripture we're going to take it one at a time he says the heavens proclaim and declare the glory of God. And it says the skies also show the handiworks of God. And it says that day after day, it means that every day speaks of God and the existence of God. And it says night unto night shows the knowledge of the existence of God. And the verse 3 says that there is no speech nor language it means that there is no nationality, there is no country, there is no tribe or race that do not hear the voice of nature. The voice of the heaven, the voice of the day, the voice and the knowledge of, of, of the night and, and, the, and, the, and the displays of the sky. And it says the line goes through all the earth. Everybody is evident to everybody to know that God exists. 
And it says, their words to the end of the world. Everywhere across the continent, across the universe. And it finishes off by saying, in them have you set a tabernacle for the sun. Amen. Now let's appreciate the scripture. The proof of the existence of God is seen in nature. The existence of God is seen in nature. And this is emphasized in the scripture that we just read. Psalm 19, 1 to 4. And so the proof for the existence of God is seen in the heavens. It is seen in the sky. It is told by the days. It is told by the nights. Amen. And so the nature and the quality of a product describes the identity, describes the nature, describes the scale, and describes the ability of the creator of the product. I'll say that again. The nature and the quality of a product describes the identity, describes the nature, describes even the existence Describes the skill. Describes the ability of the creator. Amen. And so when we are talking about the heavens. And talking about the sky. And talking about the days and the nights. And talking about the sun. We are talking about the nature. We are talking about the skill. We are talking about the ability of the creator. Who is God. Now let's appreciate the scripture. What is saying is that the heavens proclaim the glory of God. And so by just looking into the heavens, there is a proclamation or declaration of the glory of God. And the display of the handiworks of God are seen in the skies. And so by nature or by looking around in nature, it confirms that God exists. Amen. Now let's also appreciate this. Nature continually speaks of the existence and the nature of God. Because back to the scripture, Psalm 19. It says the days from one day to another speaks of the existence of God. And so the continual speaking of nature concerning the existence of God is there for everyone to hear. Now let's appreciate the statement. The loud silent voice. The loud silent voice of nature. Speaks into our hearts and our imagination. Concerning the existence of God. I say that again. The loud silent voice. The loud silent voice of nature. It means that nature is speaking unto us. By silently. And even though it's silent, it's so loud that it speaks to our hearts and our imagination concerning the existence of God. And so he says, whoever comes to him must believe that he exists, looking unto and hearing the voice of nature and receiving the voice of nature by faith, that I know that you exist. And so I come to you with all conviction. Amen. The loud, silent voice of nature speaks into our hearts and speaks into our imagination. Amen. So what we ought to do is to hear with faith 
the voice of nature. And so by hearing the voice of nature by faith, we have this affirmation, we have this conviction, we have this confirmation that God exists. Amen. Hallelujah. Stay with me. What I plan to talk about, we're going to run out of time, but we get to where God wants to take us. Now, let's also appreciate this. From the same scripture, Psalm 19, verse 1 to 4. The silent voice of nature echoes loudly across all languages and worlds. The silent voice of nature echoes loudly across all languages. It says there's no speech nor language that does not hear or do not hear the voice of God. In nature, speaking of the existence of God. And so let's appreciate it. The silent voice of nature echoes loudly across all languages and worlds. Speaking of the existence of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's also appreciate this. God has contained the tremendous amount of energy in the sun, in its home. That's what it ended. He says he contained, he has made a home for the sun. He has placed the sun far enough so that we are not consumed by the energy that comes out of the sun. Yet, he has placed the sun close enough for us to receive its useful energy. And who can do this except a God that exists? Except a God that designs? Except a God that rewards? Except a God that is able to do all things? He makes all things possible. He defines the limit of limit and uh, the limit of possibility when we have faith in him. Amen. And so God has contained the energy that comes from the sun, placing it in its own home. Far enough that we are not consumed by the heat of it, but it's close enough for us to use the useful energy that comes from the sun. Now let's appreciate this. And so this is what we ought to do. We have to receive by faith or we have to receive through faith the knowledge and the words of nature. The Bible says that the night speaks of the knowledge of the existence of God and it says that and nature displays. And so we have to receive by faith the knowledge and the words of nature. The days speak, nature displays, and the night also reveals knowledge about the existence of God. And so by just looking around you and by just having a feel of the air that we breathe and the, the fact that you are alive and well confirms that God exists. And when you come to him with this mentality that God exists and his presence is tangible with you and in the place that you find yourself, you shall indeed. Be at the receiving end of God being the rewarder. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I hope you are staying with me. We are talking about the fact that faith confirms or affirms the existence of God. Now let's look at Hebrews chapter 3 verse 4. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 4. Very simple scripture. As in terms of the length. It's not too long. I read from the King James Version. He says this, For every house is builded by some man. 
But he that built all things is God. So the things that are built around us was built by God. It says for every house is built by somebody. Everything that we see around us, every house that we see being built, every structure was built by somebody. But it says that all things were built by God. That is to say that there's a limit to that which we can do. And seeing the limitation of man and acknowledging that there's a limit to that which we can do is a confirmation that because we have so many things that are beyond our ability confirms that God exists. Now let's appreciate it in a very simple form. Every house has a builder. Every house has a builder. Everybody Everybody as a house has a builder. Your life as a house has a builder. Your home as a house has a builder. Hmm. Your ministry as a house has a builder. Your community as a house has a builder. Hmm. Your country as a house has a builder and the earth as a house has a builder in fact the universe as a house has a builder and the bible says that he that built all things including all the things that we've talked about is god and so if you have a problem with your life you go to the master builder the rewarder if you have a problem with your ministry you go to him If you have a problem with your community, you go to him. He's a rewarder. He's the one that built it. He's the one that created it. If you have a problem going on in your country concerning crime and and and, and strange things happening, you go to God. Amen. And so God is the builder of all things. Some of these things we can do for ourselves. You can get married and have a home. You can build a house, you can do that. But some things, it, uh, they, they, it's only God that can do these things. Some of them. Because God is the creator of our bodies. You cannot create your body. God creates it for you. God can make all things work together for your good. Amen. If there is a creation, stay with me. If there is a creation, then there is a creator. If there is a creation, then there is a creator. Whoever comes to God must believe that he is, he exists. And he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now let's appreciate this. We're coming to an end. At least for today. You have faith that all things are possible. And that he is the rewarder of all things. That's Hebrews 11 verse 6. Because he is the builder of all things. You have faith that he can do all things and make all things possible. You have faith that he is a rewarder. Why? Because he is the builder of all things. And so God is the builder of all things. He ever, whoever comes unto him, whoever comes into his presence, must acknowledge his presence by faith. Must acknowledge his existence by faith. And when you acknowledge his existence by faith, then he becomes a rewarder 
to them that diligently seek him. Now our last statement for today. The universe was made by God. And God's existence is eternal. God exists in eternity. The universe was created by God and God exists in eternity. Amen. God exists in timelessness. God exists in a timeless zone. Amen. That is why it becomes difficult for us to understand him and to know him as an individual, as a person, because he cannot be defined by time. He cannot be defined in a three-dimensional way or four-dimensional way or six-dimensional way, whichever way you want to define God. Because God exists in eternity and God exists in timelessness. Amen. And so we come before him and we say that we know that you are the eternal God. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth. You are the builder of all things. And so I believe that you exist. And because of that, I know that you are going to reward me when I pray unto you. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we're going to end here. And then God willing, we're going to continue next week. Amen. So far, our main lesson, we just finished up last week's lesson, which um, was about the fact that your faith determines your reward. And today we started talking about the fact that faith affirms the existence of God. We started off by looking at some philosophies, looking at people's opinion, and then we started entering into scripture to appreciate that if this is what God says, that indeed God exists. If what this is what the word of God says, that indeed God exists. But I've told you that the most undisputed basis of the existence of God is your faith and the product of your faith and the testimony of your faith. Amen. And so we're going to have a word of prayer. May we pray. Father God, we give you praise and glory. Your word says in Hebrews 11 verse 6 that it is impossible to please you because he that comes to you must believe that you exist and you are the rewarder of them that diligently seek you. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that we will not have any doubt about your existence. We have no doubt about, about your ever presence in and around us, in our homes, in our ministries, in our churches, in our communities, and in our nations. Father God, we bless you. May you continue to teach us your word in a very simple fashion. May faith and the concept and the principles of faith be made simple in our hearts and our minds. Father God, we bless you and we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless us. It's been a wonderful time in the presence of God, in the time in His Word. I believe that God will increase our appetite for His Word every day. Amen. God willing, this evening, UK time 10 to 11 is a prayer time. Don't miss it at all. I believe that prophetically God is going to...